0: This is a podcast from the Business Times.
1: Singapore's trading week started in the red on Monday, October 17, tracking losses on Wall Street where investors shrugged off, mostly solid bank earnings amid worries over bond yields and rising recession risks. Data from Enterprise Singapore indicated that Singapore's key exports growth eased in September, dragged by a contraction in electronic shipments as well as declining deliveries to most of the Republic's top 10 key markets, including China and Hong Kong. The Straits Times Index slipped 0.5% to 3,025.12 points at the open and ended lower amid mixed regional trading. The SDI was down 0.8% at the day's close. On Tuesday, Singapore stocks opened in positive territory. The SDI gained 0.6% to 3,035.17 points at the open and snapped an eight-day losing streak to close 0.3% in the green. At the midweek, Singapore stocks opened in positive territory in tandem with global market rallies. BSDI gained 0.3% to 3,033.8 points shortly after opening. Oil prices rose on Wednesday as caution over tightening supply countered the negative impact of uncertain demand and news that the United States will release more crude from its reserves. The dollar index was a tad bit higher in early Asian hours, having bounced off its lower level since October 6 overnight. And Singapore shares were flat at close on Thursday, while most regional markets ended lower as inflation worries continue to weigh on investors. The SDI ended down 0.1% to 3,022.7 points. Gold prices lingered at a three-week trough on Thursday, pressured by rising US dollar and treasury yields amid worries that the Federal Reserve will persist with sharp rate hikes. It's Friday, October 21st. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore stocks fell in early trade today after a mixed day for global stock markets. The Straits Times index dipped 0.3% to 3,013.81 points shortly after opening. Japan's government reported today core consumer prices rose 3.0% in September on year, the highest level since 2014, as the falling yen and rising energy costs hit households hard. The data, which excludes volatile fresh food prices, brings inflation well above the Bank of Japan's long-term 2.0% goal. Here's Amelia Tan, research analyst at SGX Securities, with her wrap of the week. In the
0: week-to-date, STI declined 0.6% in price returns, in line with regional markets and driven by declines seen across real estate, REITs and industrial counters. The STI is now trading slightly above the 3000 level, which was last seen in March 2021. On a year-to-date basis, the STI now has a price decline of 3.2% against a 25% decline for the FTSE Asia-Pacific Index. Technology stocks have been among the weakest-performing stocks across globally so far, while still maintaining the strongest stock returns since the end of 2019. The Philadelphia Stock Exchange Semiconductor Index has returned to within 25% of its end 2019 level, with October declines pushing the SOX below the five-year average price ratio spread to the S&P 500. Similarly, in Singapore, the 10 most traded stocks relevant to the technology sector have averaged 33% declines in total return this year, with IFAS Corporation and Silver Lake X's the most defensive of the 10 stocks averaging 4% declines, while UMS Holdings and AEM Holdings averaged 22% declines. Across the Singapore market, the outperformance for the week for companies with a market cap of at least $500 million were Bumitama Agri, Riverstone Holdings and First Resources. On the other hand, underperformers for the week were UMS Holdings, NIO and Cromwell European REIT. Looking at institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through to 19 October, we observed net institutional fund outflows of 152 million SING dollars. By sector, the highest outflows were seen across REITs at 82 million Followed by financial services at 66 million and industrials at 13 million. On the other hand, telecommunications, consumer non cyclicals, and energy, oil, and gas were the only sectors with net institutional inflows totaling 34 million. Largest inflows were seen in SingTel, Semcock Marine, and Genting Singapore, while largest outflows were seen across SGX, Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust and
1: OCBC Bank. Journalist Tan Nai Lun has further insights from the Business Times.
2: Over the past five trading days ended Thursday, Asian markets experienced a week of choppy activity. Most regional markets ended above the earlier week's negative performance, but inflation continued to weigh on investor concerns and markets showed little signs of bottoming out. In the period, the Nikkei 225 index was up 2.9%, The Shanghai Composite Index rose 0.1%, the Kospi Index gained 2.6%, the Jakarta Composite Index climbed 1.5%, and the FTSE Bursa Malaysia KLCI Index jumped 4.7%. Meanwhile, the Hang Seng Index fell 0.7% in the five days, while the Straits Times Index fell 0.6% to trade near its 19-month lows. Regional markets rose earlier in the week after the Bank of England ended its emergency bond buying programme on Friday. Stocks rose and the pound also rallied when UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt scrapped Prime Minister Liz Trust's plans to cut taxes. But the gains were later parted down after the Bank of England said reports of it delaying the sale of government bonds until the market has calmed were inaccurate. The pound further weakened when the UK posted double-digit inflation for September amid soaring food prices. In the US, stocks were also up earlier in the week as investors focused on company results. But the gains had been cut back as Treasury yields surged to multi-year highs, amid concerns that the Federal Reserve will raise the odds of a recession. In the five-day period ended Wednesday, the Dow Jones average was up 4.2%, the S&P 500 gained 3.3%, while the Nasdaq rose 2.5%. Meanwhile, the Straits Times Index was trading near its 19-month lows at the close on Thursday. Economic data last Friday showed that Singapore's economy beat expectations and grew 4.4% year-on-year year in a third quarter. But the Monetary Authority of Singapore also tightened monetary policy to fight inflation, although it was less aggressive than the double-barreled move expected by some economists. Elsewhere in Asia, China delayed the release of several economic data, including its third quarter gross domestic product this week without providing a new release time sending signs of caution for markets in the region. The unprecedented move comes as the Chinese Communist Party holds its party congress this week. During the political meeting that is held every five years, the party also showed little signs that it would ease its COVID-0 or property market policies that are currently weighing on its economy.
1: Still to come, we take a closer look at more news and drivers with Amelia Tan and Tan Nailun.
2: Join senior correspondent Leslie Yi on Property BT for insights to help you on your property investment journey. Every fourth Thursday of the month, with your trusted partner for property information. Go to bt.sg podcasts to
0: download. And now, back to market focus from the Business Times.
1: Amelia headline inflation expectations by Singaporeans for the year ahead hit an 11-year high, reaching 4.6% in the September poll, up from 3.9% earlier in June, according to the latest quarterly results of the Singapore Index inflation expectations. Overall inflation expectations for the year ahead after adjustments inched up by 5.7% in September, from 5.5% in June. Give us more news to consider. Just
0: last Friday, the Monetary Authority of Singapore expects core inflation in Singapore to likely stay around 5% for the rest of 2022 and into early 2023, on the expectation that the confluence of demand and supply factors that drove the price increases in July to August is expected to persist. The MES also added tight labour market will support robust wage increases while imported inflation will remain significant across a range of intermediate and final goods. Core inflation is expected to average around 4% for 2022 and headline inflation around 6%. For 2023, the MES expects core inflation to come in at 3.5% to 4.5%, while headline inflation is expected to come in at 5.5% to 6.5%. In trade, Singapore's key exports growth eased in September from a contraction in electronic shipments and declining deliveries to most of Singapore's top 10 export markets. Non-oil domestic exports in September grew 3.1%, lower than the 11.4% recorded in August and was below the estimated 6.9% according to a Bloomberg poll. On a seasonally adjusted month-on-month basis, Nordics shrank 4% in September, extending the previous month's 3.9% decline. The total level of trade in September was slightly lower at $116.5 billion. Owing to weaker demand from East Asia, most economists are expecting Nordics to slow further in the fourth quarter, with some believing it could turn negative. The Singapore government earlier in the week announced a slew of initiatives to power the transformation of the manufacturing sector, focusing on the areas of connectivity, innovation, sustainability and people. Key highlights include US$85 million pledged to set up a new semiconductor materials centre over the next five years and refreshed industry transformation maps. The transformation initiatives will create at least 13,400 new jobs. Over in housing, the month of September saw new private home sales more than doubled, driven by executive condominiums and the launches of Lentor Modern and Sky Eden at Patok. Both launches set new benchmarks for suburban housing at a median price of over $2,100 per square foot. The number of new non-landed homes sold for more than $2,000 per square feet increased from 46% in August, To 84% in September. Despite the government's latest round of cooling measures, demand for executive condominiums are expected to remain robust due to its limited supply, along with rising prices of new suburban condominiums. Singapore and Australia signed a first-of-its-kind Green Economy Agreement as part of the 7th Singapore-Australia Annual Leaders Meeting to Support Green Economy Transition with 17 joint projects already agreed upon to boost job opportunities and growth in green sectors. These projects include reducing tariff and non-tariff barriers to boost trade of environmental goods and services, partnership to promote business engagements in green sectors, and research collaboration in key areas such as alternative proteins and lithium battery recycling. Highlighting some notable company-specific news for the week, Singapore Airlines saw continued operating strength in September as travel demand remained strong across all route regions except for East Asia, where travel restrictions remained in place in some key markets. Group capacity reached 47% of pre-COVID-19 levels during the month. At the end of September, the group's passenger network covered 100 destinations, there was a step up in passenger services to East Asia during the month with SIA reinstating services from Beijing, while Scoot resumed services to and from Fuzhou and Osaka. Keppel Corp announced that its wholly owned subsidiary Keppel Offshore and Marine Unit has commenced charters for four rig assets in Saudi Arabia in October and they are expected to yield total charter revenue of about $250 million Sing over the next three to five years. Keppel Offshore & Marine updated that it is seeing demand for modern high-specification jackup rigs grow as utilisation and day rates continue to rise. It added that all of the company's legacy KFELS-B-class rigs have been contracted. SEMCOP Industries, through its wholly owned subsidiary SEMCOP Development, obtained an investment licence to develop a new industrial park in Vietnam's Tho City which recently saw its central government announce a new master plan outlining the city as a centre for trade and services in the region by 2023. Vietnam-Singapore Industrial Park Group will operate the 294-hectare industrial park. SEMCOP is the joint master developer of the projects, and through the Vietnam-Singapore Industrial Park, SEMCOP Industries has a portfolio of 11 large-scale developments across 8 provinces in Vietnam. SEMCOP Industries' other wholly owned subsidiary PT SEMCOP Energy Indonesia has also signed a joint study agreement with Pertamina Power Indonesia and IGNIS Energy Holdings to explore the feasibility of a commercial scale development of clean hydrogen production in Indonesia. Samco Marine, through its wholly owned and operated subsidiary, has crossed another significant operational milestone with the completion of P-71, its second floating, production, storage and offloading vessel project. The new vessel sailed away and will be deployed to the ultra-deep water Itapu Field in Brazil's Santos Basin. When launched into operation, the vessel would produce up to 150,000 barrels of oil per day. SEMCOP Marine also announced that it has secured two floating liquefied natural gas facilities conversion projects from global infrastructure company New Fortress Energy. The first facility is scheduled for delivery in the first half of 2024, with the second expected to be contracted at a later date. Fraser's property has raised $400 million US million through a five-year green loan under its Green Finance Framework. The green loan will be used to finance or refinance eligible projects in accordance with its green finance framework. Since its first green loan in September 2018, the group has raised over $9 billion of green and sustainability-linked loans and bonds.
1: Amelia, we've been talking about earnings season in the last weeks. Give us some highlights from this week.
0: Sabana Industrial REIT updated that it reached portfolio occupancy levels of 89.1% a new high since 3Q 2017. Excluding its Twas Avenue facility that is undergoing asset enhancement, total occupancy would have been 92%. The REIT has signed over 83,000 square feet of new leases and renewed over 71,000 square feet of existing leases with a positive rental reversion of 10%, recording 10 positive quarterly reversions over the past 11 quarters. The REIT has stepped up efforts to implement green initiatives across its portfolio as it looks to improve the asset's operational efficiency over the medium term. These include plans to convert the TWAS facility into a brand new warehouse and logistics facility subject to approvals from the authorities. Over the next week, some upcoming earnings releases or business updates include UOB, Wilma, IFAST and SREITs such as Maple Tree's Group of S REITs. CDL Hospitality Trust, Suntec REIT, Fraser Centrepoint Trust, Ames APEC REIT, ESR Logos REIT, Star Hill Global REIT and Digital Core REIT.
1: Uncertainty has led to a more cautious approach by investors. Nailun, what do you think they'll be looking for going into next week?
2: Looking ahead, market sentiments continue to be cautious on the final outcomes of the Communist Party Congress meeting, which is due to end this week. Meanwhile, global markets continue to be weighed down by concerns that the US Federal Reserve will make large rate hikes at its next two meetings, with the Fed suggesting that they were ready to hike rates higher than previously planned. Next week, Singapore companies are also due to report their earnings, with the rest of the world moving into reporting season as well.
1: This has been Market Focus from The Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Amelia Tan, Research Analyst at SGX Securities, and Tan Lun, Journalist with The Business Times News Desk.
0: That was a podcast from The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only.